What is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, and it is Halloween, and we appreciate everyone that is joining us tonight for another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. And if you're listening on podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Hopefully everyone's having an enjoyable Halloween. Lance, I did. I kind of just forgot that. I'm not saying people aren't going to tune in, but people are probably enjoying the Halloween right now on a Tuesday night. Yeah, no, happy Halloween to everyone. And uh, got the trick-or-treating in at our town started at 6. Some towns started at 4, which would be nice. But uh, got the trick-or-treating in with my son, and uh, he was a number block one. Uh, if anyone knows what that is, but uh, good times. He went and got a bag full of candy, so uh, he had a great time. So, um, can, you, can you explain to me what a number block one is? Before there's we... uh, there's some things called number blocks, and they're on uh, YouTube and different things. They used to be on Noggin or something Disney, uh, Nickelodeon Junior show. or something like that. But yeah, yeah, it's a kid's ah. character. Good for him, and hopefully he had some candy. I miss, I do miss. I'm not saying I miss trick or treating, but it was, it's fun trick or treating. Get some candy. Who doesn't like candy? And you can, and Lance, you better not tell him he can't eat all of it. He's allowed to eat all of it. It's the one night where he can eat all his candy, right? Yeah, yeah, he got his fair share, I think. So you're gonna tell him not to eat all of it, are you? Yeah, I already did. Oh, come did on. Let's save some for tomorrow. No, don't let him. Don't you're gonna. He's gonna wake up and you're gonna eat all of it. That's the problem. Could be. Okay, so we could talk about candy for an hour, which we might at the end. I told Lance to give him, give me some of his favorite candies. We might end the show with that if we have time and we're feeling fun. But we. Oh, before we get to that, Lance, who are we sponsored by? Because I know we really want to get into what happened today for the Buffalo Bills. Sure. Yeah, Buffalo Blitz is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, the best daily fantasy app out there. Go ahead and sign up right now using promo code BLITZ for a deposit match up to $100 and a player promo pick'em. Uh, you can play pick'em daily fantasy entries from two to five different uh, picks. You can play best ball and do some daily drafts, different things like that. So go out there, check out the Underdog Fantasy uh, app and underdogfantasy.com. Sign up using promo code BLITZ now to get your deposit match and a special. Yeah, guys, if you're watching on Twitter and if you want to drop a comment, come over to Facebook and YouTube. But we're we're going to be talking about the trade. We're going to not really recap. If you guys know our normal shows, we're not going to recap the Bills pass win against the Buccaneers. But they won. Great. And that's awesome. Obviously, they got a big game against the Bengals this upcoming Sunday night. Uh, Andrew Schmidt's coming in. What's good with the trade deadline? Uh, John Roberts says, did you wear your mask? Do we have a, we have a mask? For Halloween. Did you I did not mask? wear a mask. I didn't have. I don't even have one, really. But I don't have one either. Nope, didn't wear it. Christopher's coming in. Go Bills! And Chris already came in at seven nineteen and said, "Go Bills!" So let's talk about the trade deadline. And guys, in your comment section, let's give you get you can give our give your thoughts if you're on Facebook or YouTube. So the Buffalo Bills made a little bit of a late splash. We were clamoring for the Bills to make a move today. So is every fan base and not every fan base gets their wish because like we have to make a move even it's selling off pieces or it's acquiring pieces and the bills were rumored yesterday into today for Jalen Johnson a young premier corner from Chicago who did not ex- did not extend his contract with the Bears past this season they had contract talks it broke down and he's a free agent end of the year so 
there was a lot of rumors. The 49ers were in on it. The Bills, the Eagles, the Steelers were some of the teams named in on Jalen Johnson. He ended up not being moved. His Their asking price was too high, according to reports from Chicago. So the Bills pivot. They were in on Jalen Johnson. So for anybody who doesn't say that the Bills didn't try on Jalen Johnson, they did. They tried on Jalen Johnson. Right. So did the 49ers. So did the Eagles. So did the Steelers. But obviously their asking price was too high. And it also could have been that Jalen Johnson's contract extension asking price was too high because if you're a team giving up a second round pick you don't want a rental you want a guy that's gonna be there long term and maybe his asking price for an extension was too high whatever bills pivot to another nfc north team and that is rasul douglas out of green bay they give up a third round pick this year they acquire rasul douglas he's still under contract through this year and he's under contract through another year and they also acquired a fifth round pick and before we get on the compensation, Bills fans, remember the Bills will be getting a third-round compensation pick for the loss of Tremaine Edmonds. Won't be as high as the Bills because it being the compens- uh, the compensation round, which is past the end of the third round, still a third-round pick. So, Lance, I'm going to start with you after I just broke down everything that happened today for the Bills. Uh, basically, I don't think I missed anything on that. But they required Russell right. Douglas, I would say – would you see like ninety five percent of the Bills fans on social media are giving this like an A plus an A like they're happy about that? Yeah, like we talked about it off air, you know, a couple of days ago he was kind of the top of the list kind of guy where you know he was an available veteran player. He was drafted in the third round, pick ninety nine by the Philadelphia Eagles in two thousand seventeen. Same draft as Trey White, um, ran a four five nine out of college from West Virginia. Uh, He's 6'2", 210, uh, very much has all the tools you'd think that would fit this bill system. So from that standpoint, it all seems like it's a perfect fit. Some people are saying, you know, he's had some slips here and there, and, and maybe he hasn't played perfectly well every game. He's had two games that were maybe subpar this year based upon some ratings that I see. But otherwise, you know, I think the presence of a guy like Rasul Douglas changes this defense a little bit, gives them the confidence to do some things maybe that they weren't doing or weren't able to do with the personnel once Trey goes down. So I think, you know, bringing another guy in was necessary. I think, you know, people say maybe, well, we wanted the cornerback and another piece on defense. I can understand that. Um, But, but you know what, this is, uh, you know, there's also clamoring out there about if the Bills bring in someone like Indomitian Sue off the free agent list. So, yeah. um, you know, they may not be done adding this year, but they're, you know, the, obviously the trade deadline's passed and they're done adding from uh, from a trade standpoint. So I think uh good deal from my standpoint, I getting a fifth round pick back and just giving up a third helps. for a veteran guy who's not Trey White. He's not uh, going to be the best cornerback in the league. But he's a top 20 guy. I mean, he's right now ranked 18th um, amongst CBs in in PFS rankings. And I think that, you know, he brings over uh, the knack for interceptions. He's got 10 interceptions over the last three years so far. And I think that's um, pretty, pretty good uh, to say the least. So someone who can come in, he fits his own scheme. And the biggest thing, I think I saw something uh, maybe from our guys over at Bill's chat, Josh McCarty saying that, uh, that, you know, it, it prevents having to see Josh Norman out, 
get out on the field this year, hopefully. So, you know, you know because the Bills were yeah. Bills were one injury away from having Josh Norman have to suit up, basically, is what the point was. And I think that, you know, having um, you know, Razul Douglas now gives another layer to that, another layer of depth. So yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a good trade, I think. He well, he fits in I tweeted, he fits into our zone, our zone scheme. He also since 2021, he leads the NFL in fourth quarter slash overtime interceptions. So he gets key interceptions when the game is on the line or to help your team win the game, either in regulation, uh, in o- overtime. Something And look, you don't have to live or die by PFF, right? John's coming here to 76. And I look more of his coverage when I evaluate corners. Run defense, these corners never get good grades in run defense. It's just not their specialty. Uh, so I kind of, it, and that does lower every cornerback's grade. So I kind of look at coverage mm-hmm. because that's the most important thing what uh, a corner does. And look, if you rate, I'm going to not put Tredavious White here, and I'm not even going to put Taron Johnson because Taron Johnson's a slot corner. So it's not in the same category. For boundary corners that have played for the Bills, coverage grades according to PFF. Kyrie Elam, 61.3. Dane Jackson, 67.1. Christian Bedford, 66.6. And I, I would think we we, we we both agree that Bedford and Dane Jackson have had pretty solid years and that Bedford is definitely trending in towards the right direction to, of being a legit CB2 for this team. Uh, and I think Dane Jackson has always been solid. Rasul Douglas's coverage grade, 79.6. He blows them out of the water. And I'm not saying... Bedford or Dane Jackson haven't been bad, but this is a clear upgrade that the Bills needed on in this in the secondary with the loss of Tredavious White, whose coverage grade through I guess four games. I know he got injured in the fourth game, so I don't know if they how they graded that out, but seventy nine point zero, so right where Rasul Douglas is. So I'm not saying you added Trey White, but if you're playing that kind of game, you just maybe you just added his production from what mm-hmm. we saw this year from Tredavious White when the secondary was very good. And look, does this help the linebacker issue we have right now with that Milano? No, but there, there weren't a lot of linebackers out for trade. And we always forget it's in NFL. And there, I think this was more of a popping trade deadline that we have seen in years past. Sometimes it's really dead. You have Chase Young going to the 49ers, Montez Sweat going to the Bears. Uh one of yeah, big names on the move, and I think the that people yeah. wanted to see the Bills land, you know, someone with a bigger name. But I think Razul Douglas is certainly uh, big enough for me. Like I said, two days ago, everyone was talking yeah. about him as as kind of the number one well, it's, uh, target. So it's also not like Jalen Johnson got traded to who, whoever said team. You know what I mean? Didn't like get he, traded. Yeah. He didn't get traded. He was their asking price in Chicago was. Uh, too high in Chicago really confused me today. Like really Same with today. guys like Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry and those Devontae kind of Adams guys. is probably those never gonna get moved. Yeah, they just didn't get traded and they weren't Devontae gonna get Adams traded. And so moved. he was never gonna move that and that was a pipe dream. Um it was just funny how we, he reacted to he because he's in a bad situation right now in Vegas and we saw that week two when we blew them out of the waters. But like Chicago confused me today. They traded a second round pick for Montez Sweat, who's a free agent at the end of this year. It's like Chicago just likes to throw second round picks at the at the wall because they traded one for Chase Claypool last year. And Chicago second round picks not going to be good. Chicago's not a good team. Whatever. This is not a Chicago uh, uh, a Bears podcast. But Rasul Douglas like was probably the best corner on the market besides Jalen Johnson. I would say. I don't know. I didn't. Who else was on the market? 
corner wise. I, I nobody else really got nobody else got moved in the corners uh department. Yeah, it was Kyir Elam was the other kind of guy I mentioned being on the trade market for the Bills to to deal him. And obviously they didn't feel like uh it was they didn't want to give up on him. Maybe didn't even maybe they didn't want to give up on him being a first round pick. I think that you know was something that we talked about in the built in Buffalo Facebook chat and, and our owner Dave was mentioning is like, hey, they're not gonna give up on this guy being a first round pick. They're not gonna just trade him away. And maybe they just didn't get the offer they were looking for, or maybe they just never really had interest in trading him from the first place. You know, still very young um player in Elam. And I think he's got um a definite chance to kind of still be able to come back and um, you know, still only 22 years old. I think he's still got plenty of plenty of time and plenty of talent to make things happen. Joe's not loving this move. Uh, corner Joe Monster McDonald. His middle, the middle part fits uh, today because it's Halloween. But irrelevant. Neither move will be a deciding factor on a Super Bowl or not. I, I completely disagree. You could say the letter for net probably isn't. Uh, a deciding factor if the Bills are going to win a Super Bowl. If the Bills are going to win a Super Bowl, it's, if, if you focus on the run game, it's probably going to be James Cook has to play how he's playing and continue to grow. But if you thought – if I'm not saying Russell Douglas is the missing piece to a Bills Super Bowl run. No, the Bills are still a 5-3 and three team that have a lot ahead of them and need to get better. But they improved their secondary. It's you're you're getting better. It's not an irrelevant move. It's a very very relevant move. It's the complete opposite of of irrelevant because you upgraded a secondary, a cornerback room that needed upgrading. You got you got a better corner that fits your zone scheme. That people in Green Bay go go on Twitter. People in Green Bay are losing their mind. They're really upset that they lost Russell Douglas. They get it because they got a third round pick and they're in a team that is not in a win now uh, move uh, mode in green bay but they, they call him a leader uh people have raved about his ability to go get the ball lands talked about his interceptions i talked about his interception he fits the zone scheme so he fits everything you want in the secondary i'm not saying they went and got prime richard sherman that's not what i'm saying here but i'm saying it's a complete relevant move because it, it improved a position group that everyone was clamoring for to get better and they got better today. Yeah, certainly needed. Um, certainly needed to make a move. And, you know, honestly, I think a lot of fans think that the bills didn't do enough still. And maybe that's kind of what Joe's it's, saying it's, here is that, you know, they, they needed to do a little bit more um, to, to really move this team towards uh, a Super Bowl contender. And, you know, I think with the guys they got um, in house now, that they have at least a shot. You got Josh Allen on the team. You've got an offense that on any given Sunday can go out and put up points. We've seen that. So at the end of the day, they got it. what we, what we lacked is, is, you know, the defensive uh, ability to get stops. That's why we lost to new England. We just couldn't get the stop on the last drive. And, you know, I think insert Razul Douglas into that scenario and, and you have a much better chance yeah. at stopping the teams in that scenario. Look, you were hindered with a Matt Milano injured, a Daquan Jones injury, and a Tredavis Witt injury. That is a hard pill to swallow if you're the Bills. And we have seen what has happened to this defense. That is still pretty good. But when you lose three superstars, three really key players, Matt Milano, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, Tredavis White, former All-Pro, 
And Daquan Jones, one of the best run stoppers in the NFL, who was having an incredible start to this year. Like, an, again, a monumental all-pro level start to this year. When you lose those three guys, and obviously, yes, Milano and Jones still have a potential to come back, more likely Jones than, obviously White's not, but more likely Jones than Milano, you needed to upgrade somewhere, right? How many D-tackles are you just, like, teams don't just trade away key like players that are under control. That's not how the oh. NFL works. They don't just trade controllable assets to just because we are a contending team and you're not. So we're going to give you a young controllable asset. No, they build around that young controllable asset. It's not that easy to go get offensive line. Thank God we don't need offensive line because those guys don't get traded at all. Like you couldn't, you yeah. cannot go find an offensive lineman. There was one move today. Well, I think we're going to get into that a little bit too. And we we're going to kind of take a, a step here and call it halftime of the season and try to take a look back at yeah. some of the performances it of our guys, like our offensive linemen and things like that. So um, we're going to get to that, but I think just to put a bow on the Razu Douglas trade thing, and we can kind of uh, go over some other things. If, if people in the comments have stuff that you want to discuss on the trade market, but I think that, you know, with Razul Douglas coming in, it's certainly, again, it's another depth. It's another piece to build our depth back to let the players that were starting now uh in in like a dane jackson and those kind of guys come go back to being depth players and being rotational guys and um you know just it was it was definitely a necessary move i think it makes the team better like you said the the off the field and in the locker room presence that razul douglas is going to bring is probably going to be invaluable to some of these guys and i think uh helps christian benford even more it helps Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer even more. Yeah. yeah um, Trell Bernard being a young guy. So these guys um, are, are going to be helped in that regard even more. And then it's not like he's a slouch on the field either. I think you definitely have a guy who has put up, um, you know, overall grade so far on defense is 75.2, according to PFF, which I know, again, you could take. But, you know, there was one game there, and, and I it's against the Raiders, so you can't really Devontae put too Adams. much stock into it. But, but he was 90 um you know he was 91 90 that game and he was and he's been he's got a lot of green 70s and 75s and 80s here um throughout the different statistics that you look at and metrics that you can look at um and so so for me i i just think that it it is is better than doing nothing because a lot of it, a lot of the day went by with us saying are we actually going to do anything yeah. and it turns out um, we we end up making the move, spending a little draft capital to get get a guy. And uh, listen, a third round pick when we're going to get a third round pick for the com compensatory pick for Tremaine Edmonds uh, leaving doesn't really hurt us at all. I think that that's a that's a really good deal. Plus, you get a fifth round pick back. So, um, you know, still cool. I, I, there's still things that can happen, obviously, during the draft, too, with all this stuff where you have 10 picks now, but it may not end up with 10 picks in the end uh, during the draft. So I, for me, I just, this made way too much sense. I think that uh, um, hopefully he comes in and, and can, can help this back end um, as soon as Sunday, maybe we'll see. Yeah. And I'll put a, I'll put a bow in it for me. Uh, I think the bills just added their best cornerback to their room. I think the bills, I think Rasul Douglas walking in, to this organization, to this locker room, is the best corner the Bills have. 
And I think Christian Bedford and Dane Jackson have been very good. And I like what I see uh, from Christian Bedford because I think he's going in the right direction and turning into a very good cornerback. But I think Lusul Douglas is a commodity. I think he's a sustainable commodity. And I think he walks into this locker room as the Bills' best corner. So the Bills ended trade deadline day adding and upgrading the cornerback room, and I'm happy about that. And I get it's not Jalen Johnson, but no one got Jalen Johnson because their asking price was too high, and I would have loved Jalen Johnson. Uh, and the Bills were in on Jalen Johnson, and they were close to getting Jalen Johnson. So, But I think Rasul Douglas was a very good ad today, a very, very good ad today. Uh, so, yeah, Sean, Sean's coming in. Are we going to get torched on Sunday? I don't know. We'll talk about that. But no, John uh, John Robert makes up a good point. I'm surprised they didn't go D-tackle, right? They've been kind of rumored through some grapevines on Twitter that Ndamukong and Sue, who's a currently free agent, could be coming in. And I, I can understand that we're not maybe happy with the D-tackle position as it is right now. But if we're looking at it, we so we've lost Daquan Jones, right? But we signed... Puna Ford in the offseason. Everyone kind of loved that move was, for the depth. And and just he's not necessarily having he was the good type against of impact we, we had hoped. Um, but again, he's yeah, he's coming, he, he hasn't good played against- consistently either. So he comes in, plays well against Tampa, like you said. Now yeah. most of our guys did play fairly well against Tampa. So maybe, you know, it's been up and down. And that's the biggest thing that we're gonna talk about with this team, too, is that um yeah, our depth has come has has been tested so far and and it's been so inconsistent that it's hard to have any confidence or rely on anything that these guys have done because it's been so hit or miss mm-hmm. and i think that's what we're going to have to live with with this bills team is is that whether you see it with the offense and you're seeing it with certain positions um when you watch film you see some really good things from a lot of different pieces and parts, but it seems like when it comes down to it, to put it all together and to have it all happen at one time in one, let's say in one play in one instance where you need all these guys to come together and make it happen. It's not, it's not happening. There's someone that's making a mistake. There's someone that's not executing their, their job and that's causing the bills to not operate or not, be as successful as all of us fans want them to be. I think that's the biggest thing is at the end of the day, we all want to be, uh, you know, a one loss team right now and be at the top of the conference. And that's because we're thinking we're competing with the Kansas cities and, and though in Miami and those people, and we are, and you know, the, the plain and simple, you know, that the team hasn't been consistent enough to, to put teams away like the Jets and the Patriots, which really hurts. Those are two of divisional games where you just couldn't execute in the right moments at the end of games to put these teams away. Yeah, especially the New England game. That, that was a disaster. Um, you can always chalk up the Jets game to week one. But, yeah, the New England loss from being 5-3 and three to 6-2 and two stings. Just for sure. Just, yeah. Especially with Cincinnati on the horizon. We're, we'll break down Cincinnati probably the last 10 minutes of the show and give you our score predictions. But, but before we get to some – and when, if you look at the title, guys – 
Obviously, we were expecting maybe the Bills to do something, and if they didn't, we had to pivot to a different type of show, but they did, so that took up the first 20, 25 minutes. And if you guys are just tuning in, you can always rewatch it. Just hit the rewind button on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter to hear our breakdown of the Sulevas. But, yeah, Puna Ford was good. 75.5 pass rush grade against Tampa, 68.4 tackling grade, 68.5 overall defensive grade, which ranked sixth on the Bills for defense. Puna Ford. I don't, we don't have to go much more into that, but if he plays to that type of level, it does help. Uh, you just need a guy that's just to clog the lanes. And that's what I, the Daquan Jones and my guy, not my guy, Daquan Jones and the Milano injuries are just gut punches. Yeah. And they are. And I will and, say, you know, our, our title doesn't show that the, the you know, I kind of took out the season uh, recap up to this point, but I want to get into it a little bit because no, yeah, um, there was a, there was a character limit that. and that's why I didn't put it in there. So that's why it's just trade deadline and, and the Bengals stuff. But so but basically, got, you got it. You got it. Basically, one of the things I was going through and I was watching some, uh, as you guys know, I, I look at a lot of the offensive and defensive line play on this team. That's kind of the thing that interests me the most. And um, Brandon Thorne from uh, Trench Warfare just came out with some stuff on how Osiris Torrance has been performing up to the up to this point in the year. And again, it's another scenario where when you watch the film and you see the offensive line it is so inconsistent. It's hard to say because you don't know necessarily which guy was supposed to have who in the, in the pass rushing sense. And then there's some other things that are going on that are just inconsistencies in Osiris Torrance's game. And then you see when I was watching it, I also looked over at uh, Connor McGovern and saw, you know, he was the, the weak link on some of these, some of these, three, four, and five-yard runs that James Cook or Latavius Murray has had could have been 15, 20, 25-yard runs if one more guy doesn't, you know, lose his one-on-one battle. And that's that's the kind of thing I wanted to stress here tonight is like, you know, the big thing with this first half of the season is that they just haven't been able to get all five guys on the offensive line working consistently, or they haven't been able to get um, you know, all the route runners running their routes consistently to get separation or Josh Allen hasn't been consistent in putting the ball on the player when it needs to be there. I think Allen talked big time on a couple of different podcasts this past week about timing and rhythm of the plays. And that's been disrupted. And we talk about it with Tua Tagovailoa a lot with Miami and how his first read gets disrupted and, and he's thrown off. And we're seeing a little bit of the same with Josh Allen. People are disrupting his rhythm and his timing, not allowing that first pass or first read to be open. And it's it's throwing him off a little bit. And he knows he's got to be better. He's owned up to it and says he's got to be better. So I think it just for the first half of the season, the name of the game for me has been inconsistency. And the big thing that that says to me, though, is that there's room to improve. So for the second half of the season, what we're really looking for is to come together, put together some more consistent play, and I think that leads to a more favorable record. Even though our schedule is a little bit tougher in the second half, we've seen this team be successful against the likes of Miami. So it's not like they're not talented enough to have success. It's just actually going out there and executing with all 11 guys at once. And that's the biggest thing we're going to be looking for moving forward here in the second half of the season is can all 11 guys on a consistent enough basis go out there and execute at a high enough level for the team to have the success. 
I would say you talk about the offensive line, and we're get, we'll get to some superlatives. We're going to talk about the MVP of the season so far. We're going to give you our surprise player and someone that we think needs to step up uh, in these next nine games because they played eight, uh, one, five um, in their next nine games to get to where we want, which is the division and obviously the playoffs. Uh, but I think the offensive line has been better than I think expected and i think you i think you would agree as well but i do i would like for them to be more consistent and look i get osiris torrance having his ups and downs and he's a rookie but i would say i'm not saying he hasn't exceeded my expectations but he's met my expectations because i think he's been a, a pretty good offensive lineman for the bills i think he's kind of yeah he's handled guys like dexter lawrence yeah, and things again you know against the well. giants he did he did really well i think he's there was a pretty couple well. plays i was watching that he actually kind of stood um, his ground again. Um, and just real quick, I'll, I'll take this comment quick as I, I like this. I want to get your answer on it. For me, I fear more KC because we already beat the Dolphins. We already proved we can beat the Dolphins. What do we What do we have to prove against Miami? We can beat them. We know we can. We already did. Right. I would say I would say Kansas City, right? I, and I'm not saying Miami's not going to win the division. They're in the driver's seat, right? Like they, Miami controls their destiny. Miami's in the driver's seat with the game up because we have three losses. They have two. Obviously, things change if they lose to Kansas City on Sunday and we beat Cincinnati on Sunday. Then we're in first in the division, right? It's still a ton of left. But I'm not. I, I hate when I say like something about Miami because people lose their mind. Like I'm saying that not that they're not a good team. No, they're a very good team. Obviously, they're six and two, but they haven't beaten a team with a winning record since week three of last season, which was the Buffalo Bills. When they play a team that is to their level or better than them, they have not proved that they can beat them because they haven't. I'm going to say it again. They haven't won a game against a team with a better record since, since – they haven't won a game since a team – where do we start that? They haven't won a game since last year, week three, against a team with a winning record. That last team was the Buffalo Bills, right? They have played one team this year with a winning record, and they got boat raced, and that was the Buffalo Bills. I'm not saying they're not a good team. You play who's on your schedule. It's not their fault, yeah. but – if it gets to time in the playoffs against because you're gonna play a team with a winning record in the playoffs, it yep. gets a little more dicey. So to answer your question, uh, Joe, the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes is pretty dang good at football, and so is Travis Kelsey. The one good thing I also came out of today from the trade deadline, the Chiefs need a, a receiver outside of another weapon outside of Travis Kelsey. They didn't go get a receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. That's a win for. The Bills, the Ravens, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Dolphins, any team in the AFC and maybe the NFC that the Chiefs did not go yeah. get another weapon. And the Ravens are really the ones, obviously. I don't Ravens. I've been kind oh, of back and forth now. They keep having injuries in the running back room and stuff, but it seems like I mean Gus Edward just yeah. had three touchdowns, thankfully, yeah. for my fantasy team. They're good. But uh but you know, the Ravens are gonna be a problem, I think, this year. I think mm-hmm. I I uh, was talking about that before the year started too. The potential I, that this team I picked could, them to win the division. A threat. I yeah, picked in my I other think, podcast. You know, I picked them to win the division. And Jacksonville's good too, and we saw that firsthand. I think if Jacksonville's a yeah. weapon with Etn, with Calvin Ridley, uh, with Trevor Lawrence, it's one of those types of things where you like until they win a couple playoff games, you're not going to fully buy into it. They did win a playoff game last year. Uh, Bengals are playing much better, and the Chargers are playing much better. And the Chargers have a big game this Monday night against the Jets. That's a huge, like, kind of wild card implication game there for both of those teams. Uh, 
And obviously the Jets had no business beating the Giants on Sunday. Uh, thank you, New York Giants, for not helping us at all. Thank you, Brian Dable. Uh, yeah, let's get to – that's a great question. Uh, but, yeah, I would say Kansas City. I would still feel fear Kansas City over anybody in the NFL at this point, right? Like even like San Fran's looked really average the last couple of weeks, and that's resulted them in three straight losses. Nobody's talking about that. They're 5-3 and three too, which is crazy. Right. And I think the Eagles being 7-1 and one have played a lot of close games, and I don't fully buy into Philly yet. Um, it's The NFL is one of those teams – this 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 year feels, and it could be AFC or NFC, that a team that gets hot at the right time could even be a five or six seed in either conference. If you get hot at the right mm-hmm. time, you're going to make a playoff run. This reminds me of, you know, obviously the two times the Giants won the Super Bowls, 07 and 11, when they were wild card yeah. teams. I kind of get that feeling this year, that if you're winning four in a row, be the Bills, the playoffs, right? Why what? couldn't that be the Bills? It could be the Bills. And that could, could be, be the anybody. Bills, right? It could be the Chargers. Yeah. It could be the Bengals. It could be any, it could be the Lions. Like a team, if you get hot and you're playing your best football, I think you can beat anybody because I think anybody in this league can beat anybody. So over the years, we haven't yeah. no, seen that. We saw last week with Denver. Like, Patriots beat the Bills. Patriots are not better than the Bills. Denver's not better than the Chiefs. They both beat them. Right. It's it's yep. you got you. Ha- well, we've learned you kind of have to show up. And it's, when you don't show up, you have a chance to lose. And the Bills didn't show up against the Giants. And the Giants are just so bad that we squeaked out a win. Uh, let's go to superlatives, Lance. Yeah. Yeah, let's I kind of, you know, go ahead. I was going to bring up a banner. There you go. And so we have MVP, surprise player, and who needs to step up. And if you want to throw anything else in there before we get to our Bengals preview, be my guest. But MVP of the season so far, I've not named Josh Allen because I'm going to not. For me, it's been Stefan Diggs. I mean, I yeah. even including Josh Allen, I would say Diggs over oh. Allen because I just think that jo- that uh, Stefan Diggs and McDermott mentioned this after last week too, has been such uh, a motivator. He's got the energy. He's really stepping up as such a leader for this team. And there was all the offseason talk and all this stuff. And just he's come in and put in the work. He's been good on and off the field in the locker room. I think guys gravitate towards him. And, I, you know, for me, uh, without him, I don't know where this team would be. Yeah, look, Stefan Diggs has been great. I love how Devontae Adams slams his helmet on the sideline. And if Stefan Diggs did that, uh, Twitter probably would combust and explode. And so, yeah. So he obviously Diggs gets a little unfair. That's a great answer. I, I'm i trying to think who I would, I'm going. Like, It's tough, right? Can I go two people? Can I mix them into one? I'm going to mix two people into one person. I'm creating one person. It's going to be Jordan Hyde. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer together. They've had their ups and downs this season, but they've been the two veterans you need in that secondary with the injuries this team has faced on the defense. And Daquan Jones... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And especially for them, Tredavious White. They've needed leaders to right the ship. You have a lot of young guys in the linebacker room. Some a young corner in Christian Benford, some new guys up front, uh, like Leonard Floyd's of the world, right? AJ Benetz was playing great. I think Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer have been 
have been great together. And I know they've been kind of up and down, but I thought last week against Tampa Bay, they looked like, okay, we're still here. We're still elite safeties, and this team needs us. So I think those guys staying collective together with the injuries they face in this defense, and I think this team goes as far as those two guys do in the back end. So I would say those guys collective. Well, obviously Josh Allen's a great answer. Stephon Diggs is a great answer, but I like the I'm going Jordan Hyde because I can mind both their names. What do we oh, got okay. in the comment section? Anybody in the comment section? Hmm. Okay, Joe doesn't like Jordan Poyer, but I saw that coming from Joe. I don't think Joe likes anything I say. If everyone put the work in, like Diggs, we would be much better. We need more dogs on this team. That's yeah, fair. Sure. That's fair. Oh, also, before we get to surprise player, uh, Jim's up there in the comment section. I'll bring this comment up. Do you see Shakir getting more touches going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look for the ball to be spread around more often, and he's going to be a big part of that. I don't see Deontay Hardy out there running routes. He's just been really motioned around and running these little, uh, you know, wheel routes or or uh, routes to the flat and I don't it's just I don't know what their swing swing route you know I don't really see what um, they're doing with Hardy so Shakir is the next one to uh, to make sense that's that's kind of you know they got to throw it to somebody and if it's not digs a hundred times then you know you got to get a guy like Shakir involved and he's shown to be able to handle the work so that's really the reason why I'm saying I think he will is that he's handled his opportunities Joe, I'm just messing with you, man. Uh, I appreciate all the comments on Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, YouTube, drop a comment, uh, like, and share this episode. Yeah, I think Shakir, he set the tone again in that Tampa Bay game. One of the first few plays of the game, takes the ball down the sideline and absolutely hit sticks a guy. I don't know who he hit sticked, but I don't know what that guy did to deserve to get hit sticked at that, but I like that from Shakir. I still think, I think he gets more touches. I still think he's probably the fourth option on this team. Probably behind Diggs, Davis, and Kincaid. You can flip Davis, and Kincaid, whatever you want. Doesn't really matter. But he's the fourth option from Shakir. Look, week in and week out, we're not going to get the production we saw from Shakir on Thursday against the Buccaneers. If we do, great because keep it going. But I do think he has value, and I think they're slowly his snap counts have gone up each week. His targets have gone up, and clearly his receptions. He's taken over. Sherfield and Hardy. So I do think Shakir gets more touches and he deserves it. If he's going to do what he did last Thursday against Tampa, he deserves it. And that hit stick, whoo, that was a fun hit stick. Set the tone. The bench was hyped. We need that type of play from Shakir. So I think that was a great comment. Great question. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you like liking both of us and you watching very closely. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. We need more people. I like me too. He likes you. Yeah, probably. Not. I like us both too. Oh, nice. Okay. I think we have a couple people for this. There could be a couple people here. Yeah. Lance, for me, it's only one. I mean, I have to go Terrell Bernard. Nobody saw this coming. Oh, Terrell Bernard came out of the gate right. just on fire. And I think that he's just been a, a glowing surprise for this Bills team. I think that, you know, especially with Milano's injury now and things like that, having Bernard there is is a, a pleasant, pleasant surprise with the way he stepped up. And look, the, again, these guys haven't been – all that consistent, but Bernard has been enough in an, in enough games to where I would say he he's obviously um, you know my biggest surprise this year. Jim, I was in a good mood, man. Now you got to bring up the shotgun third and one. Come on, Jim. No, nah, I'm joking. We I thought they we just talked. brought in Leonard Fournette so that they can run it again because they yeah, think they're going to do it Leonard again Fournette. to you. 
And yeah, we'll, we, I'm, we'll wait. Let's wait till the next thing, and we'll get a little bit more on that. So yeah, and we also yeah, talked about that on Thursday. Now uh, we did the post game show. I came went on with A Rich and Izzy, and we talked about the third and one shotgun play. And yeah, that's a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah. Running out of shotgun half the time is a disaster. Uh, Giving but, it to Fournette over uh, Latavius Murray is not going to matter. But if that's what they think they they have to do, then so be it. When they when you start six yards back to go one yard. Yeah, now we can have a show about that. Okay, um, I could put Leonard Floyd in this category because I think he's been surprised because I didn't think he would have six and a half sacks. He has slowed down a long hit with him with uh, Gregory Rousseau. But how about Ed Oliver? How about, yeah. and I almost said AJ Ampinenza because I think you can throw him in here as a surprise player. Gregory Rousseau's been good. I don't think he's surprised. Matthew's right. AJ Ampinenza's a great answer. Ed Oliver. We saw what happened when he did not play in that New England game. We saw what happened when he played in that Tampa Bay game. That contract looks like an absolute steal. And you and I were both kind of on the fence about it. Like, we're you and I are very optimistic Bills fans, I would say, especially when we come on yeah. here. We're very optimistic. But we were not saying against the Ed Oliver trade, uh, trade Ed Oliver extension. But when we came here on the spring and we talked about it, we were both very on the fence about it. He has overplayed his contract. That contract looks like an absolute out on fire. Deal. He looks like a difference maker up front, the guy that you drafted uh, in the top 10 a couple years ago. I think this guy is playing at an all-time high for the Bills, and they need him, especially without Daquan Jones for the foreseeable future. So I think Ed Hover is a great answer. AJ Ampedance is a great answer for surprise player. Leonard Floyd's probably a really good answer. I don't know about anybody on the offense that's surprising me. Maybe Sp- oh, Spencer Brown. Yep. He, you, we well, we I, I'll I'll in the next segment when we talk about who needs to step up, I'll be that'll be basically my surprise player on offense because it's surprising that they haven't performed um, better, and and we, that's we, where we, the surprise Spencer Brown's playing well. Spencer Brown's playing very well. He's definitely someone that's a candidate for a surprise player. For, for me, you know, when you just think first, first thing that comes to mind though is Terrell Bernard, uh, just going um, crazy. Oh yeah, and, Terrell uh, Bernard's top five in the NFL in tackles. Yeah. Did you have that on your bingo card to start the year? Nope. Do you have a bingo card? Okay, I love that reference when people say on the bingo card. I'm like, eh. it's, it's a funny reference. I, I, I love it. Uh, can you explain the dime package in Poyer's alignment? Oh, boy. Yeah, oh. I mean, basically, it's it's Poyer dropping down in the box, yeah. playing the role of Matt Milano. So it's a three safety look. I mean, the dime pack, it's not it necessarily worked. even a dime package. No. It's, it is six defensive backs, but it's basically a heavy dime where you have three safeties on the field with Taylor Rapp. Uh, going back with Micah Hyde, and then you have Poyer coming down and basically playing off the ball linebacker where Matt Milano would have played uh, otherwise. So, I mean, I think that he um, definitely is one of the bigger hitters at safety in the league uh, with Poyer. So coming down and being in the box a little bit more, um, you know, is natural for him, I think. Um, he do, he does a lot of different things. He can do a lot of different things out of that look. And I absolutely loved it. We talked about a little bit differently. We thought maybe Hyde and Poyer, we talked about going into this year, maybe they'd play Hyde and Poyer with uh, Rap down in the box maybe. And I think they tried that a little bit and didn't really like what they saw. So they kind of put Rap back at a traditional safety spot and tried it with Poyer now as kind of this rover type of linebacker hybrid safety um you know, 
second slot type of uh, player. So I think he's, you know, did a phenomenal job, something um, that we hadn't seen yet. And, and it's something that we'll probably see more of going forward. Yeah, I think you want to get Taylor Rapp on the field more, and it also helps your issue at linebacker a bit because you have an issue with Dorian Williams and for sure. I, Joe, and you're we're back and forth tonight. I, I, four sacks, Red Oliver is if, you, if you're he's on pace. He's played seven games. He's on pace for almost ten sacks. What I'll it. say to that is look what look what the defensive line looked like without him. And then, um, you know, in, the, in that game. And I think that, uh, yeah. you know, they missed him sorely. And then he comes back and you get you're able to get a little bit more pressure because, you know, the biggest thing was guys just being allowed. The guys were allowing themselves to be double teamed. They were allowing uh, linemen to get to our second uh, level in the linebackers. And Ed Oliver wouldn't allow that. He, you know, and then that's something that was really cool about Daquan Jones is when when some when people double teamed him and then one person released uh, to go try to block someone else. Daquan Jones beat the double team and immediately disrupted the play on a consistent basis. And Ed Oliver has been doing a lot of that as well. And I think, you know, his, he's brought a lot of pressure up the middle and whether or not he, they actually get him down and sack the quarterback or not, I can agree, you know, maybe he should have a couple more sacks, but I mean, through the first half of the season, if he, if he's going to get 10 sacks, I mean, I think that's uh, a legitimate, defensive tackle yeah and if you think about it he's right now 12th in annual average value per defensive tackle that's not a terrible range like that's not bad the guys in front of him are really good the guys behind him like grady jarrett's of the world and aging cameron hayward uh dj reader malik collins like when we're naming guys that are not better than Ed Oliver, i think his price range is probably perfect and i think it's a fine contract uh, I think we'll know more as as we see it continue. If he can continue to do this again, I'm going to keep using the term consistency tonight because that's what we're looking for. That's the kind of theme of this year is to keep getting guys consistent at being good and being great. That's yeah. obviously what's going to propel this team to do what we want them to do ultimately and win a Super Bowl. And without guys like Ed Oliver, it wouldn't even be a conversation right now, I believe. Yeah, 100 percent. A hundred percent. Let's go to who needs to step up before we get to our Bills, Bengals, Sunday Night Football preview. Someone that needs to step up. We've played eight games. We have nine left. Nine more games in the regular season. Lance, who do you think needs to step up down the stretch for the Bills to go where we expect them and want them to? Yeah, if I can pick on one player in one specific role, it's Connor McGovern in the run block game. Uh, I I was telling you, I was watching um, Osiris Torrance film Mm -hmm. And by nature of watching that, I looked over and saw Connor McGovern just constantly uh, not able to hold his block. And some of these run plays that we've had, um, and and the reason why I think they keep going to the run plays is because if a guy like Connor McGovern can kind of hold a block, and there's been other players who obviously haven't been uh, consistent on every running play, but I just think it's been more glaring. Connor McGovern has a 49 grade in the run block game right now and that's just it's not good enough it's not good enough and and it needs to be better and i think you know if we can get him to step up that run game takes another step and then it opens up everything else that we want to do right so if we get a little bit more successful in the running that the games that we've won we've been able to run the ball pretty successfully and it's opened up the things that we want to do in the passing game that's just the simple fact of this offense, the way it's going to operate, I think that we need to make sure that we have all five offensive linemen working together and being able to consistently open and 
keep the holes open for James Cook and Latavius Murray. And now uh, if Leonard Fournette uh, comes up from the practice squad and ends up joining this roster, I think that's it's really, for me, been been troubling to see. Again, the guard play on both sides hasn't been consistent enough for me. But Connor McGovern being the the honestly, I was surprised to see that he's so done so poorly, um, especially in the run game. Um, I just expected him to kind of come in and be more of a uh, plug and play. Like, let's not worry about this guy. He's going to come in and do his job. And it's been a little bit less than that for me. So that's the guy um, I hope can step. I know he can do it. I know that he's good enough. Um, and these guys just got to still hammer out communications and, and trying to make sure their assignments are known before the snap and executing that. So, Yeah, 100%. I, somebody in the comment section, who was it? Uh, Jim is talking about Von Miller. I think that's a fair one. That is a fair one. But I do think we have seen a progression from Von Miller from the first game he came back until he came back. Uh, sorry, I was reading a comment. Uh, Von Miller came uh, – when game one Von Miller came back to now, he's progressed in a manner that I think is good. He's still not there. Uh, I think that's Jim. I agree. I think he needs to get better. I think that's more of a maybe end of the year if he doesn't progress to where we think he's going to progress. Uh, but we do need yeah. him to make it. We do need him to make more of an impact. hundred percent. I think he'll tell you that too. This, yeah. And Joe's talking about Ed Oliver making game changing plays. That's really what we need to see out of Von Miller coming up. And we know, like you said, that he's recovering, but at some point, you know, if at some point this is gonna if this is yeah. gonna work, it's gotta be Von Miller and Ad Oliver working kind of in tandem here to make an impact on a consistent basis. I totally agree with that point, Joe. Man, I just realized I'm just looking at some PFF overall grades for the Bills, uh, some of their defensive players. AJ Vanessa's ranked 13 out of edge rushers. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Did not see, did not see that coming. Uh someone that I think needs to step up. I would say whoever's playing linebacker next to Terrell Bernard. I watch Tyrell Dotson and he pains me sometimes because I think he's a smart player. I watch his hips and his hips just do not react to the ball. I think he's always a little late to the ball. PFF actually thinks he's like the second coming of uh, Ray Lewis because they grade him really high. Uh, he's in, has an 80. They, they, they he's an 82 grade on defense this year for Tyrell Dotson. So let's hope that keeps translating. But I, there's something with Tyrell Dotson that I just don't love. And maybe I'm wrong. I am hope I'm wrong and hope they're right because if they're right, that's good for the Bills. So maybe not just Tyrell Dotson. Uh, I do think he needs to step up. I think Von Miller's a fair answer. I would like maybe, maybe – I was going to say the cornerback room. I think Rasul Douglas will help. I don't know who needs to step up. I, you know, I'm going to go back to what I was saying, the linebacker room. I think the linebacker room needs to step up a little. I think Tyrell Dotson and Dorian Williams, whoever it is, and it's probably going to be Tyrell Dotson for the next foreseeable future unless something happens. They clearly don't trust Dorian Williams yet, and he's only a rookie. But I think Tyrell Dotson needs to be a little more fluid, be a little more aggressive, uh, kind of trust himself. I think he's a little late to reacting to the ball. And I think if he can kind of go keep progressing and just become more reactionary, become more aggressive, I think this linebacker room becomes uh, not not where they were with Matt Milano because you're never going to replace that unless you go get a Fred Warner, which is right. unrealistic, obviously. But I do think Tyler Dotson needs to be a little better down the stretch for this Bills team to go where they want to go. 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing boosting his grade is the run, the ability to, on run defense. And he's we've seen the Bills get beat in the run. But again, I think the, the lack of ability in the run game on defense is more to do with the defensive linemen, like I said, allowing these combo blocks to wipe them out and then get to the second level as well. And anytime, and that's the biggest thing that Daquan Jones gave us is the inability for people to try to combo block him and then get to a linebacker. When they put two people on him, he was either beating that double team to disrupt the play, or he was sucking it up and allowing the linebackers to flow and try to make the play on, the, on those uh, run plays. So that's you know one thing that we're going to have to watch moving forward is to, the way that the defensive line is able to kind of suck up those blocks and those combo tries and uh, keeping the second level free from those blockers. 100%, 100%. Everyone that is listening and watching, we appreciate it. If you're on the audio platform, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, we appreciate it. It is Bengals time. We talked about Rasul Douglas. We talked about some superlatives. It is Bill's Bengals preview. We're going to end the what, next 8 to 10 minutes breaking down this game. This is a big game. Do you see this week nine schedule, though, that's coming out? We've got Tennessee against Pittsburgh on Thursday, then Miami and Kansas City from Germany at, on, on Sunday morning, and then uh, Seattle, Baltimore at 1 o'clock. Guess what game and, I'm going to do that. Which, uh, the Patriots game. And then Dallas and Philly on the 4 <laughs> o'clock window. And then you have, obviously, the Bills in Cincinnati in primetime, and then Chargers and Jets on Monday. So this is a stacked week this for is, good matchups. You also forgot Bills, uh, Bills, Patriots, Commanders on Sunday, man. Come on. yeah, That's a terrible. great game to be at. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be not great. Um, it, you just mentioned some AFC, AFC teams. That this, if we could be waking up Tuesday morning, the monumental shift is a strong term to put out here. But a shift, right? You have uh, Steelers Titans aside. I guess the Steelers are in a wild card battle, so I obviously that could shift some things. But Chiefs Dolphins huge shift in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins, whoever loses. You have Seahawks Ravens. A Seattle team beats a Baltimore team. That's a shift. Uh, and, if, and then you have the Bills versus uh, Bengals. Huge shift in the AFC. Obviously, the Cowboys-Eagles is an NFC shift. So that's if you're an NFC guy, huge shift. And then Chargers-Jets, big shift, right? Like a Chargers yeah. team that's hot, a Jets team that's playing better. Both teams trying to get back into the wild card race. Jets can get to 5-3, and three, which is crazy. Uh, they have no business being anywhere near that. Just going to put that out there. A Chargers team that's trying to right their ship this is a huge weekend for the afc right like we can wake up tuesday morning we'll talk about it tuesday night obviously the game but this could be a shift so we're taking on a Bengals team that is just coming off a win a dominating win against the 49ers they beat seattle a couple weeks before even though i do think they should have lost that game to seattle uh this team's getting better this team's getting much better this team looks much different than the team we saw october 1st who lost to the Titans 27 to three Lance what are you looking for in this game yeah boy I mean I'm just looking at a little bit of the preview here um, on ESPN and they're giving the Bills a 66 percent chance to win I think that's way too high I mean I I like it the Bengals (laughs) the I mean I hope so but I mean the Bengals coming out playing much better football here agreed Um, I don't know how the Bills have any answer for what they want to do on offense I mean they can seemingly run and throw the ball at will uh, on the Bengals offense so that's going to be a big test for this defense the defense is down and injured and we we're going to have to um, 
you know, play, we're going to have to, this is where coaching is going to have to come in and play. We're really going to have to utilize and maximize all of our uh, resources and our players to be successful in this game. So I think, you know, luckily McDermott being uh, a great defensive mind, uh, gives us a, gives us a chance and we'll see, uh, where that gets us. I think I liked, uh, Joe came in with a comment about McDermott dabbling even in the offense. So this is another thing to say when we come out in Cincinnati, are we going to come out with this Josh Allen running and we, when wide open offense type of strategy, or are they going to go back to this, you know, alter ego that they've had the last few weeks before, uh, the Tampa Bay game. And, and it's, kind of you don't know which team's going to show up so that's the kind of thing where i don't know how anyone can give this game any more than the 50-50 shot here um with the bills being down players on defense and now basically you're worried about the defensive line um in the run game and and then does Razul Douglas play and give us a boost at covering that three-headed monster of receivers that Cincinnati has. Burrow looks like he's back and playing well. He had some scrambles even, so he looks like he could run on that calf again um, and looks like he's got the velocity on the throws that he needs. He's been hitting Chase and Higgins and Boyd on, on very nice throws uh, throughout the throughout the game last week, and, and we'll see um, if that continues. There, there, there's a totally different philosophy um, you know, from the Bills that, that they're going to roll out against the Bengals than, than what the Bengals faced last week. But, you know, let's see, let's see um, how that goes. I think that the big matchup for me, again, to watch is going to be in the run game on both sides of the ball. Can the Bills offensive line execute and get those holes open so that everything can come off the run game for the Bills offense? And then can the defensive line uh, make enough of an impact on these combo blocks and different uh, different things that the, the offense is going to try to do in the run game to get to the second level and, and get guys blocked up? Are we going to be able to, to stop that? Because Joe Mixon's a pretty darn good running back, I think. I saw a stat, and I should have wrote it down, and I should have screenshot it. That's on me being an idiot. But uh, – the Bills haven't lost to a team back to back since early, early, like two times in a row since early, early. Josh, and if you guys know, know what I just meant, I said, but I meant, I meant like the Bills haven't lost to a team twice in a row. It could be from separate years, from a year to a year since early Josh Allen days, like early. Mm-hmm. So then obviously they lost to the Bengals in the divisional round, right? Revenge game is strong. It's, I think this team's going to come out firing. I, I do, right? I think, one, you have to. Two, you need to. And three, I want you to. So those are three very important things. The third one, the most important yeah. thing. Come out. And I think their, their emotion is going to be so high, too. They just have to keep that and harness it in the right spot because they're kind of yes. going back to the scene of the crime, so to speak, from last year. Yes. And I, w- I was going to go out to this game, and I honestly just chose uh, to not go um, this week. but. Um, got some other things going on in my personal life and things. So I chose to just skip this week and, and, uh, you know, I'll you make it back out to a game. No, no, I'm good. Uh, yeah. So I think that the, the bills going back to Cincinnati is, is going to play a role in, in how far they, they get up. And, and I think they'll have plenty of emotion. It's just being able to harness that and either not causing them to overreact or overplay certain things and stay within themselves and and be in the moment 
there. That's their motto this year is try to be where you are and be in the moment here. And then can they seize the opportunity? We haven't seen them um, outside of the Miami game do that yet. And hopefully uh, we can get another uh, repeat of what we saw this team do against the Dolphins against uh, this week against the Bengals here. Yeah, it's 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 a huge game. It's a massive game for the Bills. Look, you don't want to fall to five and four, you because you, in, a, on, in a bad circumstance, the Dolphins could be seven and two, right? The Dolphins are six and two at the moment. Yeah, six and two. The Dolphins could be seven and two, and the Jets could be five and three, and you're five and four, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh shit. And that's the thing is, you know, Miami's only got one conference loss. You have three. So, I mean, that's yeah. a huge – Miami Patriots, could easily have two conference losses Finish. after this. But, um, you know, what? But you know if, also, the, if the Dolphins lose, then the Chiefs are left with only still one conference loss. So, that's all some of the things that matter in the tiebreakers. So, either way, it, you're going to kind of be behind uh, even more you would rather if be, you're not able to get this. Who are you rooting for on Sunday, Bill? Chiefs, Dolphins. Yeah, that's a tough – I you know, I, for me – I think it's you got to root for the Chiefs and, and try to get the division before the division anything else. First, yeah. Right, you win the division first because I get I get it. You want the one seed. We we're not even there at the moment. If you win the division, you're guaranteed a home game. You're guaranteed one. If you win enough games, you're guaranteed two home games. And then you never know. You want to win the division. You you don't want to go on the road and wild card round. I get it. You can be a five, a six, seven seed, still make a run. I'm not saying you can't, but the, you, it always starts with the division, and then you work your way up. So you're rooting for my. Well, the way it's looked and the way the weather's been, though, I mean, I, for me, I almost wouldn't mind being a five seed and going on the road and being able to, you know, to be able to play in some of these climates where maybe it'll Jacksonville. Be, lend itself more to, you know, our offense being able to play at a higher level. Ready? Without go the to cold, go, without go the snow, J- without the rain, you know. You know what the best case scenario for the Bills? Bills are five seed. They go to Jacksonville. The Chargers upset upset someone. They go to they go to out. Well, no, that wouldn't work. But if we were a six seed and the Chargers were a five, you play the Jaguars or three. I don't know where I'm going here, but <laughs> you yeah, try to play, get in those warmer climate games, yeah. Or indoor. We need more. Invest in more indoor stadiums in the yeah. AFC. Just not in Buffalo. Not totally joking. I'm always on the outside. Yeah. Look, you're rooting for the Chiefs. You're rooting for the Chargers on. Sunday and Monday night, but if you take care of business, it's okay. Take care of business. Beat the Bengals. Come out aggressive. Show who you guys are. And I do. I don't know if this is going to be the Miami game. I just feel like sometimes the Bills show up when they want to show up, and I think they're going to show up Sunday night. With that being said, Lance, score predictions. What are we looking at for Sunday night? Before you get there, I'm going to find the spread. Give me a second. Give me a second. I don't – the Bills are not favorite, which is something that we haven't seen in a while, which is crazy to think about because they've, they've played some really good teams in the, in, in the regular season over over the last couple of years. Uh, it's already week nine, dude. Come on. Week nine, here we are. Two and a half. According to season sports book, the Bengals are two and a half point favorites. So – not saying you get picked there, but what what do we think of? Yeah, take the Bills with the points and the over there, forty nine points. I think that I think they're you know teams are going to score here. I don't necessarily see it being a defensive uh, stalemate by any means. I think these offenses are both poised to to do some good things. Um, so for me, I'm going to go thirty four thirty one Buffalo. I like it. I don't think this gets to the thirties. Don't think it gets to the thirties. I like twenty seven twenty four. Bills. I think the Bills play enough defense, and I think they get the ball last, and we get a nice little 44-yard field goal make. 
by Tower Bass. Nice. If I'm right on that, that would be wild. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. That sounds great to me. Yeah, it's yeah. It's the worst is when you're down one or two and you have to watch the kick go up. I'd rather be at least tied and try to win the game. It's gonna be a great game. Joe's coming in 31 24. 30, I'm assuming Bills. Assuming Bills. 31 24. Okay. Yeah, it's hard against it's hard to pick against the Bills. Anybody did your dad pick one this week or what? Oh no, I don't think he text let me let me text him. Let me text him. Let me text him. Let's see what he got. All right, Joe's going 31-24 Bills. That's good. Anybody else out there before we get out of here have a prediction for the score? Oh, you know what? I know you have to run because you have a kid, and that that's part of life. Um, don't have kids. No, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Totally joking. C- candies. Candy. Oh, we got Izzy. Izzy Super Chat. 20, 34th. Izzy's always with – I love Izzy's predictions. 34-24. That would be nice, not nerve-wracking. Jim, oh no, Matthew and Jim are coming nerve-wracking. Matthew, 24-20. Jim, 24-21. Oh, Julie. Oh, Julie. Let's hope Julie's right. Please be right, Julie. Please Absolutely. be right. Candy. Top five. You don't have to say even top five. What are, what are some good Halloween candies? What's a bad, what's a hot take? What's a bad candy that you think people candy, are getting mad at? Candy corn is terrible. Candy corn, candy corn, corn on a top ten. List, it's terrible. So here. Yeah, I always got, try it every year. Like I'm probably gonna like it. It's crap. No, it is bad. straight garbage. How bad candy corn is. Stop giving me candy. Well, I'm not. It, I'm not. I don't go trick or treating. I'm 22, but don't give kids candy corn. You better give them an apple. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go for my top candy. It's gonna be Twix. I love the caramel with the nougat, and then Reese's. Love the Reese's. Um, I get down. I like a lot of peanut butter. So, you know, peanut butter M&Ms are up there. I had another one too. Just, just, are uh, you more of a chocolate kind of guy or more of the sweets? I really, you know, I was a big, uh, uh, dots or like the, the old, the old school spree. I used to love the hard candy spree. Um, good stuff. Like sour patch. I'm a huge sour patch. Sour patch watermelon. Sour patch watermelon. I I like the Swedish fish. Swedish fish are, are there. Um, Sour Patch hit or miss when I'm in the mood, but yeah. Okay. I can't, it's more on the chocolate and caramel or chocolate and peanut butter. So. That's fair. I like Snickers. Snickers are good. Uh, Skittles I like. I'm a, more of a sour, sweet kind of guy. I like, kind of like that, like Jolly Ranchers type of guy. Uh, I'm crazy like that. Uh, what do we got? Milky Dots Way? From, from Izzy. Three Musketeers. Got a Milky Way. Oh, yeah. Dude, Milky Way. Dude. Milky Get, Kit Kats are good. There it's it is. Hard. That's what I couldn't think of. Thanks, Jim. It's hard to mess up Kit, uh, chocolate. I like they're good. Joey's right. Candy corn is straight up wax. You're better off eating paint. Yeah. Drinking paint. No, the kids, if you're listening, if you're a 10 year old, don't drink paint. But like candy corn's good. It's bad. Baby Roof's underrated. What about 100 gram bars? Yeah, I haven't had one of those in a long time. Those are good. Those are good. Those are good. Okay, my dad gave him his prediction. I don't like his prediction. He gave 24 20 bangles. Ah, boo. Should have never right. asked. Who asked I, you? No. <laughs> I shouldn't have I shouldn't have asked because but he's not a Bills fan. That's my fault. I take that on myself. Uh okay. We can, oh oh my god. If if we stay here, we're just gonna keep reading candies, aren't we? Absolutely. Reese's uh, score bars. What the heck's a score bar? I'll have to look that up. What is a score bar? I have no idea what a score bar is. 
if you guys are listening and just tuning in now, sorry, we're just talking about Cam. You can go back and listen to Rasul Douglas because we talked about Rasul Douglas. I promise you, we did not just break down. What the heck's a butter toffee and butter toffee and it's almost. Have you ever had a Kinder Bueno? Kinder Bueno is kind of, oh. this kind of reminds me of what a Kinder Bueno Google. would be. So. Okay, I've never seen this. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I never have seen it. Tim, I, I have to I, go get I, it. I I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Scoreboard is old folks shit, according to Izzy. I <laughs> <laughs> what the heck's a s'more bar? Yeah, score bar it is. Yeah, no, what's a s'mores bar? What's, what is a s'mores bar? No idea. Oh, he so go out there, get yourself a score bar, try that sucker. Where do I get Sounds a score? I'm gonna try okay. it. Okay. Uh, you know what? My dad just texted me, what is a score bar? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know, but we're gonna find out after tonight. So thank you very much. My mom uh, just oh my mom's was, in the car. That was uh hundred grand bar, hundred thousand dollar bar. Mom, what are you talking about? A thousand oh, grand. I think she means a thousand. I think I, th- I thought it was a hundred grand. One, right? What was in my mind? Hundred grand. Maybe that's what it is. Mom, I know what you're talking about because I know you like hundred grand bar. So yes, that's a hundred grand bar. I know you're talking about mom. Okay. So thank you very much for Tim Constas for getting us out there, expanding our horizons in the in the candy world. We're gonna go out there and try something new. Uh, we are once again sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code Blitz when you sign up to get a deposit match up to a hundred. $100, not $100,000, $100, and also you get a player pick them special. So go out there, again, sign up, Underdog Fantasy app or under, underdogfantasy.com and use promo code BLITZ. And thank you guys so much. Everyone in the comments had a great night. And from me, I'll say go Bills. Yeah, make sure you guys tune in next Tuesday as we bring it down more candy bars and maybe we'll each get our hands on a score bar and we'll give you guys a reaction to our score bar. We'll rate it one out of 10. I have no idea what I'm talking about right now. I'm I'm losing my mind, but we we're going to get out of here guys next Tuesday, 8 PM Eastern. You guys will, we'll see our recap to bills, Bengals, and we'll get you ready for Monday night football bills, Broncos, which is a crazy interesting matchup, but we'll, we'll be back next Tuesday. Hopefully you guys enjoyed on all platforms. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.